And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. The Jets were one of the biggest bands in the late 80s, racking up eight top ten hits throughout the charts, including Crush On You, You Got It All, and Rocket To You. The band consisted of the eight oldest Wolfgram children. My guest is Leroy, the oldest Wolfgram. Leroy sang vocals and played guitar. We chat about how the band learned to play their instruments, who decided to sing which song, and how they came up with their name. The band is performing at Super Bowl weekend in their hometown of Minneapolis, and they still tour. Here's my conversation with Leroy. And helping me relive my youth today is Leroy Wolfgram of the Jets. Leroy, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate this. So, uh, yeah, let's start, you know, way back. Uh, your parents really influenced you guys to uh, become musicians, didn't they? They sure did. You know, coming to our family, to a lot of people that didn't realize, we were from the islands of Tonga, and my uh, parents immigrated back when I was just like three months old. I was the oldest, and there's actually 17 kids in the family. And, you know, I've got the six, six sorry, ten sisters and seven <laughs> brothers. And so, yeah, there, there had to be some way to... to get a better way to make a living. <laughs> so my dad used to work for Safeway Milk Department you know, way back in the day. And so, you know, he saw the Jackson 5 and you know, the Osmonds on TV and, like, you know, a lot of the Motown stuff. And my dad just, whoa, light went on his head and being a star band. <laughs> and that's what happened. I mean, I literally came back. I was about 10 years old. And my, uh, my dad had bought bass, guitar, drum set, put it in the living room. And, hey, guys, we're going to be starting a band. <laughs> So it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, very. And yeah. My mom and dad, my mom were both in Polynesian shows, and so they kind of had, uh, we kind of were exposed. Uh, we did luau's, so that's kind of what we started way back when we were kids, and we would dance, you know, the pearly shell and all these Hawaiian kind of dances and, and our island stuff. And then as we got older, I think that background of being musicians and entertainers kind of had a, you know, a sway in, in what my dad wanted us to, to do. and. You know, we we did yard work. You know, we did a lot of. Uh, my dad had a landscaping business and did this and that. And so we kind of dabbled in all kinds of things. But I think what my parents found that would be better, you know, for the whole family, was to do something together. And it was music. Yeah, that that that's great. Uh, did what, did your parents hold auditions for 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 all the kids to join the band? <laughs> uh, well, no, they didn't really hold auditions. But uh, my dad would just point, okay, Roy, Leroy, you're gonna play the guitar. You know, Heine, you're gonna be on bass. Rudy, you're on drums. So they kind of gave us the assignments. I mean, you got to consider I was I was ten at the time. Heine was eight. Rudy was seven. Cat uh, uh, had well, she was old. Kathy, who was on the keyboard, she was only. I think six or seven, or yeah, six, I'm sorry. And so we were all quite young, but we actually managed to play, uh, you know, learn a song, because uh, my mom and dad were huge Elvis Presley fans. And I remember in 1977, when I was 12, and that's when, you know, he really wanted us to really learn our instruments, and doing nothing but a hound dog was one of our first songs. Right now, did um did the kids all like take lessons for the instruments, or how did you learn how to play? I took lessons for like a couple weeks. My we were we didn't really have that much money. We were kind of you know low, lower level family because we're an immigrant family from the islands, 
and my mom kind of knew a little bit on the guitar, and so she taught me, and then my mom and dad kind of put me in charge to teach everybody else. And so what I did was I, well, luckily I had a natural feel for it, and so, you know, I, I first learned the, the guitar, then drums, and then I just taught my my brothers and uh, Kathy and everybody just by ear. I'd, just by, you know, I'd be, you know, on for hours, you know, just listening to the radio. <laughs> and that's kind of how I taught myself, and then, taught all the other siblings right so when when you were learning how to play what watching say tv what kind of like musician or artist kind of influenced you on the way to you to play well, I, I personally liked van halen okay. uh, they were big in the 70s you know aerosmith with you know walk this way and i was a, you know, a huge fan of rock <laughs> and uh, a lot of the you know boston you know i, I have a that's just me, and I know that a lot of my brothers and we, we kind of grew up with that sound, and then also the R and B sounds of of field you know, of Jackson's, you know, uh, who's that guy that uh, you can't touch this? I forgot. Oh, uh, <laughs> MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah, uh, MC Hammer, but the guy that, that uh, oh, uh, sang it originally, Rick James, Super Freak. Rick James, yeah. yes, him. Uh, another huge influence that we were we loved. And it actually was our first concert to ever see was Earth, Wind, and Fire. I was I was going to uh, just mention that because I, I can definitely see some influence there as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's what uh, we loved, and and, and you know, all, of course, all the Motown stuff, the Temptations, and all of that played a huge role in in the way that we wanted our shows to be. So we always entertained, and and the fact that a lot of people didn't realize when we came out, we were actually a band. I mean, we played our own instruments and when people would come in live they would think oh we were just a, like a track band or had a band behind us but nope we we, we were of the tradition of you know like Earth Wind Fire they really played their instruments in like the Jackson 5 and so that's sort of what we were kind of known for <laughs> right so when you recorded your first album that that was all all the kids performing the instruments as well or they get studio musicians well the, the, the first album that's a good question was actually produced uh, by other producers, and of course we just uh, replicate that, you know, in the live situation. But uh, no, we, we never really did have the opportunity to play on our own records, <clears throat> just because I guess that's how things were done back then. You know, in the '80s, you had the producers do that, right. and then of course we had a record later on our career where we actually did, we were able to actually perform our own albums <laughs> on our album. Yeah. Yeah, so so that that must have been really fun, just to you know have you guys record your own album, playing you know singing as well. Oh yes, it was exhilarating. It was freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a good time, man. <laughs> yeah. So, do you guys um, have producers or songwriters write your songs? Did you guys write any of your songs? We 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 wrote the songs that we wrote were always the B sides of our singles. Like if. I don't know if a lot of your listeners probably remember Vinyl 45 Records. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, our, our songs would be on the other side. Like, Make It Real, it was one. It was a song that I produced. On the uh, Rocket You, it was another song that I produced. And then the band and all of us. So that's kind of where our... Uh, and then by the third album, we, the MCA did, we had like four or five of our own originals. So as the time went on, uh, it was good that MCA finally let us... Um, you know, have a little leeway in that, but it was still, you know, dependent on on hit songwriters of the day. You know what I mean? And we, you know, we we also was really privileged to work with uh, 
almost princes people. Uh, being from Minneapolis, we, we were tied in a lot with, uh, we re- actually recorded our, th- our third album at Paisley Park. Oh, that's great. And uh, we did our first video. We were the first band to do a video at Paisley Park when they, they just barely opened. So it was an honor to, to be there. We actually met Prince. He actually wrote a song for us. Um, but it, um, it didn't quite make the album just because of the content. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. You know, Prince, you know, the, yeah. the, you know we're a family group, but no, he, he, he was cool. <laughs> but it was a, it was a fun uh, uh, deal to, to just to know him. and or, He'd always liked watching us and that, and so we had a great time doing that. Yeah, I mean, and people don't realize what a, like, prolific songwriter Prince was for other artists as well. I mean, Sinead O'Connor, uh, the Bengals, Martika. I mean, he wrote all these great songs for other artists as well. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the ones that he wrote for was Sheila E. I don't know if you remember the song Glamour's Oh, Life. yes, definitely. And, and, yeah, when our first tour, the Crush Tour, came out, we were touring and we wound up in the in the Bay Area, and that's where Sheila E. is from. And we, we really got the chance to meet her and become good friends over the years. But, uh, yeah, she'd come and jam with us on stage. You know, she'd do her little timbali action on there and sing here. And it was just a, a blast to, you know, rub shoulders with our, you know, the talents of our time. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned videos before. Have you, like, ever, like, watch your videos now looking back and saying, what was I wearing? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting time. You know, my kids... Uh, what, you know, when I say I have my boys, and I have three kids myself, and even like one and all the other band members, you know, all our kids will say, were you guys famous? <laughs> he goes, no, we weren't. Goes, well, I see you here on YouTube, you know, so we have to explain to our kids, yeah, I guess there was a time <laughs> where we had songs on the radio. In fact, actually, they're still playing our songs on the radio, and that, that baffles us beyond belief that... Even 33 years later, I still hear Rocket to You. I still hear You Got It All. I hear Make It Real. I hear Crush on You. I mean, I was at Walmart the other day. I, I heard Crush on You. The lady was, like, bumping her head. She goes, man, I like this song. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who sang that. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I just had a big grin on my face. Right. You should, yeah, you should have said, yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. and it's funny you mention that because last night driving home, I heard I Do You on the radio. Are you yeah, on oh uh, yeah, on uh, yeah, on uh, Sirius XM, they were doing one of the uh, <laughs> countdowns. I think it was eighty-seven, and yeah, oh that was charting. I think it was probably I think number twenty at the time. So yeah, it was an- another great song you guys <laughs> did. So it's yeah, it's, it's just one of the things that we, we sit back as a family. It's just what a blessing that is that that our you know that people are still playing. We I even heard I don't know if you noticed that they're like release re-releasing Casey Kasem's top forty. Yes. And they, I, I mean, and there was one week where they I think it was crush on you and you and now here's the brother and sister act from Minneapolis, Minnesota. You know? <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you guys had like, you know, so many hits you, you mentioned and it was a good mixture of you had the ballads and you had, you know, Cross My Broken Heart. You had, you know, you could rock out to that song, you know, rock it to you as well. I mean, Curiosity. I mean, you had like really right. good, you know, mixture of, you know, weren't just like, you know, kind of typecast into like, you know, oh, just the sappy ballads. You had a nice little mixture of sound. No, thank you for that. You know, a lot, a lot of people were wondering. Um, you know, we we never wanted to come out as a one-hit wonder, and so it was a it was a huge blessing to see that we actually had eight top ten Billboard hits, and uh, you know, and this is just not here, but internationally. And so when we do shows all over, it's just we're just again humbled <laughs> to see people from different nations of all kinds of cultures. Yeah, we like that Jets. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, like, on some of your songs, like, who decided, like, was it producers or you guys internally, and who would sing, you know, uh, leagues? I know Elizabeth did some, um, Moana, so how, um, how was that decided? It was, it was kind of a group consensus also, together with our manager at the time. We literally, like, for example, when we did the first album, you know, the, 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 tw- I think it's ten songs that was on the first Crush On You, uh, album that we had to go through almost a thousand songs to get to that 10 wow. and then you know when we when we did the magic it was like the same thing you know a couple thousand songs that we had to listen to go through and we would just kind of sit in a, in a group meeting and say okay uh that sounds good for you to sing one or liz or or these guys and so that's kind of how it went <laughs> right and now uh rupert holmes of uh the pina colada song he wrote uh make it real correct Actually, you got it all. Oh, you got it. I'm sorry. You got it all, man. Yeah, yeah, you got no no problem. And he, uh, yeah, that was another, uh, uh, our management happened to be good friends. To we kind of share the same attorneys out of New York, and then he is also a friend to our manager. And that's kind of how we got that connection with uh, Rupert Holmes. Uh, and like I said, that, that that was such a brilliant song. I mean, we're, that's a classic for us that people still love and hear that song, you know, that you got it all hit.
Yeah, it, it's great. And then speaking of Rupert Holmes, I mean, just listening to the Pina Colada song, is, it's, it's such a messed up song, <laughs> if you really think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great song, but it's so messed up. <laughs> Man. You know, but yeah, he's a brilliant writer, man. Yes, he is. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Now, um, like late '80s, I know uh, Eugene kind of left the band to form the Boys Club. Was there like any animosity towards him for that, or you guys kind of like you know oh, supported no, him? Not at all. Uh, he just, uh, you know, Dean is an excellent performer, and you know has his own charisma. I mean, the one thing that a lot of people loved about the Jets was there, there were so many different. Thing. You'd see us live, and you'd see us showcasing so much, so much talent. You know, Gene had his time on stage. We had the boys, the girls, and you know, when the uh, opportunity was presented, and we said, "Yes, go for it, man! <laughs> Absolutely!" You know, do your thing. <laughs> yeah. We're all supportive of that. Right, and I had no idea, probably until like a few years ago, that he was actually like you know, the lead singer of that group, because, you know, that song, I remember holding it was a, a great song, and then, you know, they yeah, played was, on... The... Him and his partner, I uh, forgot his name, but... Uh, oh, Joe Pascali, uh, right? Joe, yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah, and uh, him, he, Joe actually wrote some of our, uh, I don't know if you remember, we did a Kool-Aid Coolers commercial. Oh, my God, and, uh, yes. Yeah, and he was <laughs> one of those that, that wrote that for that. <laughs> and we had done a lot of TV, actually. Uh, as well, I you remember the old cartoon back in the eighties, the, the uh, Ch -ch -ch Dales. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually sang lead on that. that that's me singing that uh, the you know, the first couple, uh, I think the second or third, first and second season of right. of that, and that, that was us. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes some crimes go slipping through the cracks. But these two gumshoes are picking up the slack There's no case too big, no case too small When you need help, just call ch 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 ch
you guys did like a lot of like you know national anthems. I remember you did one for the World Series, the Stanley Cup. I think the Olympics as well. It where? The Olympics too, right? <laughs> yes, we we did. Uh, do, we didn't do the anthem, but we did do a, a world. It was at the time. It's the Seoul, Korea, 1988 World uh, Olympics, and oh. we did the TV show on the night of. We were like the entertainment on their main uh, broadcasting channel in Korea. And it's in South Korea, and that, that was, again, another experience I'll never forget, you know, just being able to be there during the Olympics of, of 1980. We also did a, an appearance for the uh, 2002 Salt Lake City Winter Olympics, but uh, we were just uh, more of the entertainment on the side. Right, so, yeah, and pretty convenient being in Utah then. <laughs> yes, most of us were here already, so... <laughs> yeah, so how, um, how did the... Uh, you guys, or is it your management, come up with the name of the Jets? A good question. The way we came up with our name was we were actually called the Quasar before. You know, I oh, the TV? Because <laughs> we were in a hurry. You know, the Quasar TVs? Right. <laughs> yeah, like the, and that's what we were naming. And then um, Don Powell, who, who was our manager, he actually managed Stevie Wonder. Uh, he was he used to work for Motown back in the early 60s. And then he retired and he's a Minnesotan he was in Minneapolis and when we uh, were we were a bar band at the time we weren't signed and he came out and saw the band one night at a club we were performing at and he really loved what he saw and he goes oh this is this is another Jackson's <laughs> so yeah. you know, long story short he, he got us the, the deal but he would always say Quasar doesn't quite work and he's good with the name and so the Jets came from the movie The West Side Story. Oh, okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, and so if you notice, we're wearing all the high tops. Yeah. The, the, that's kind of where the, all that, you know, like the, the Jets gang. So that's kind of where that came from. Yeah. And and it was our manager that kind of came up with the name, and we liked what he heard. We heard, and we ran with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so probably uh, 1991 was probably the last we heard of the Jets for a while. Why was that? It's it just... I think one thing was that we had been on the limelight since 1986. It was like seven years straight, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91. I mean, uh, we just never had a break. It was just nonstop. And so we just decided, you know, let's, let's just take a break. <laughs> and so we did. And just like anything, music today, every band has a lifespan, you know, of what, three to you were from one to seven years, that's about it. And then that, that's your turn, you know, and then you move aside, someone else comes over, you know. Music started to get, it started to change. You got to remember, remember that this was at the time when the whole Seattle, you know. The grunge, uh, Nirvana, yeah. That whole, the music changed. It wasn't that slick look anymore. It was all about that rock feel, dirty it up, just unplugged, you know what I mean? That whole 90s resurgence of, of that whole, uh, sound just started to change and, and we were basically outdated yeah but now so, with oh sorry yeah and so at that point i mean we even threw in another uh album that was under our own label and because we had been released from mca and then we it, it was called the love people album that was the only album we love had done and then after that everyone started getting married <laughs> having our own kids because we were all of that age and so it was pretty much a, probably a 10, 15-year break, you know. But, but at the 
same time, we always had people, we would do little shows here and there. Like we'd do shows with like uh, Vanilla Ice, you know, Salt and Pepper, um, Tiffany. I don't know if you remember all these. You know, oh, totally, yeah. Debbie Gibson. You know, a lot of the 80s groups and packages. I mean, even the new kid in the block actually had contacted us, wanted to do a, to, to warm up. This is when they were coming out again. Right. I think like 10 years ago. But there was something where our, we didn't have all our, uh, the band members together, so we couldn't do it. So, and now here we are, you know, we're, we're still uh, coming back. But we have a new generation of band. It's, you know, Heine, our bassist, he's the one that sang Rocket to You. Right. Which got us our uh, Grammy nominee. His kids just released an album, and we're all kind of getting behind it. But they're called the 13 Crowns. And um, they, the Yahoo Music just released their uh, world premiere. If you go to Yahoo and type in 13 Crowns or just on Google, you'll see their video. And they, they have a, that song was written by Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear is the, uh, pretty much he's the hottest producer in the world right now. He, he just wrote Despacito, you know that? Oh, yep. <laughs> he, he wrote all the hits for um, uh, Usher, uh, several hits for him. Uh, and he's a big writer with uh, Bieber, Justin Bieber. And he's written a lot of his hits. And if you look up Pooh Bear, uh, music producer, you'll know who I'm talking about. But he wrote the song that's currently out right now. Like watching the sunshine through the rain. Like finding joy in the midst of pain. Like wearing my heart apart even though it's thin. I accept everything that
kind of we're rallying around our new generation, you know, <laughs> and, and they literally are doing the same thing. These guys are the seven oldest of Heine's kids, and they play their own instruments. It's like a mirror. It's just it's mm. unbelievable. It's like a you know Jets take two. Right. <laughs> But it's but you know the whole new generation. You know a lot of these kids in this generation. Yeah, you haven't seen a band for a while. It's mostly you know single artists or this, but never a band. And so hopefully we can bring that back. And and they're getting a good response. So yeah. now that's great. Now like do you like you guys kind of give them advice? You kind of stay you know in the background because you want them kind of just to experience everything themselves. Oh, no. or- Absolutely, on 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 the side of uh, my brother created a label, and so us three brothers, me, Rudy, and Heine, work very closely on hands. We're we're mainly the guys that are in the back helping with other great uh, people that uh, we've uh, come together to team up with. So it's kind of neat to be on the back side of things. You know, we were we've already done the you know in the front of stage and. It's just been a great learning experience. We're behind all the social media campaigns that we're doing for them and working with other uh, great people to make it happen. And I guess that's that. If you notice, we're kind of pushing that on our all of our Jet channels. That hey guys, if you're you're wondering what the Jets are doing now, it's it's thirteen crowns. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah and we're actually going to be doing some tours with them possibly. So we tell everybody stay tuned because we might be doing some warm up shows. You know. It, the theme you can see at 13 crowns with the jets you know what i mean yeah absolutely it's the same family you know how can how can the fans find you on social media you can find us uh at facebook on the jets original family band and then they can also find us on twitter it just put in uh at jets band and also on uh, ig it's the same thing the jets band is what they'll find us on on instagram and we are totally uh active <laughs> so yeah we're, we're we're posting to it daily or every other day and so we're we're definitely uh have a great following coming on and uh invite anyone else to come on and tell your friends about us <laughs> yeah I, absolutely i mean that's, that's how i found you guys and uh you're gracious enough to come on the show uh but last question uh what was your favorite song to play live of, of all your big hits? Me, personally, I mean, a lot of them were high energy and exciting. My favorite is Rocket to You, because we really break that song down, and people in our life, they come see us live, they say, wow, that's like a, they never heard a song broken down like that. <laughs> it's kind of like our remix live. We kind of, we just, yeah, we just really have fun with it, and kind of have an extended version basically all our songs are extended versions but they'll mem- you know they'll have memory of, of singing along with it but that's yeah that's my favorite <laughs> yeah no it's it's that's definitely a, a fun song I, I really enjoy it as well but leroy thank you for a few minutes today i really appreciate it and hopefully uh you guys will come to the east coast with the, you know the original jets and 13 ground <laughs> yes thank you so much thank you for having me
Special thanks to Leroy for joining us today. You can follow the Jets on Twitter at JetsBand. Also on Facebook, just go search the Jets Original Family Band. And if you want to check out 13Crowns on Twitter, it's at 13CrownOfficial. You can follow me on Twitter at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page We're Living My Youth on Facebook. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Living My Youth. We'll see you.